Yay! <laughs> what a great intro. <laughs> it's oh taken us half to get to this that, point. Or are we good? <laughs> I think we're good. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. Well. <laughs> I think we should give a bit of context, though, as to why the cause for celebration. <laughs> right. Why don't you, while I grab my laptop and put <laughs> so basically what has happened here is that we've been planning this for about a month but it wasn't until the time we decided to record that we thought we'd try and figure out how to use the app um, and that's caused quite a few causes for concern because we've had about four or five attempts at recording where I could hear Sophie but she couldn't hear me but when we played back the audio we were both there so we've had to be dealing with that it's taken us a lot longer than it should have but that's okay because we've got it's some, right. we're all right. We've got some really good stories to tell. It wouldn't, it wouldn't be authentic if it wasn't a bit of a mess. I think so. I think it should be a real true representation of um, us. And yeah, let's... I mean, nothing is truer than this. <laughs> <laughs> let's not try and polish the edges. Let's be real here. That this is as good as we could hope it to go. I completely agree. And the fact that we actually got it to work in the end, I mean, that's impressive. Achievement. I thought it was going to be a job for next week. <laughs> oh, God. Imagine. Okay, so. Here we go. Where do we begin? Uh, that was actually the name of our podcast. And I accidentally said that. <laughs> I think it was quite clever. So why is it called yeah. Okay So? Explain that. Right, so. I mean, okay, so. <laughs> it's called okay, so, because about, what, how long was it that we were long ago? Was it a year and a half? It was, it was in the summer 2018, so a year and a half to year. Summer 2018. Mm -hmm. Sounds so far away. Anyway, summer 2018, um, both Liv and I, who had never met prior to this, um, decided to share a tent in South Africa. And um, after about 15 minutes of being in that tent, Liv decided to enlighten me on um, all of her fantastic anthro anthropological, excuse me, um, <laughs> stories. And um, well, I mean, the idea kind of started there. We also did the uni radio together. Yes. And, um, and now we're across the globe. <laughs> we're in different countries um, now. <laughs> Yeah, we're not even like in, you know, I'm in Europe. You're in a different time zone. <laughs> different time zone, look at us. Yeah, so, and the goal kind of now is to just keep up that tradition and, um, I don't know, make it a mission for both of us. Yes. To um, try and come up with some interesting stories. I'm thinking bi weekly. Yeah, I, I think I can get on board with that. Hmm. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. I'm drinking aloe vera, sorry. <laughs> I think I should also say that we weren't just randomly in South Africa, we were on a uni field trip and because we studied different subjects, we just had never met each other until we got to the point where our lecturers were like, okay, you need to pair up for tents and me and Sophie were like, yeah. <laughs> and um, then it began. I think yeah. if you spend two weeks in a tent with someone, you can't really go back, you know. No, you, you can't, especially when it's you, love. I mean, <laughs> you know, you'll always be my favourite Impala, but oh. on a different note, <laughs> I think that we were sort of different ways that we 
could introduce ourselves. And um, I came up with the idea of maybe just because we're gonna do like one or two stories each every episode. Um, I thought that it'd be nice to have a kind of a story that we can relate to or have some sort of connection to. Um, and I think you should go first. Okay. Well, my story, my main relation to it is the fact that it happened in England. <laughs> And I am from and live in England. <laughs> I mean, fair enough. But, but that's fine. <laughs> it's a really, really good story. Should I just give you the title now and then you can, you know, give me your, your feedback on it? Oh, God, yeah, it's got a title. <laughs> this one is called The Woman Who Gave Birth to Rabbits. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad that you have no relation to this. <laughs> So you wouldn't want me to be related to this, but I heard it um, in, so I'm studying journalism at the moment, in it, one of the newsrooms the other day, one of my, uh, one of the people on my course mentioned this story, and I was like, oh my god, Sophie has to know this, this is amazing, this is the one, and it yeah. is the woman who gave birth to rabbits. So would you like me to tell the story now, or do you want to give me the title of yours? I mean, mine didn't really have a title, to be honest, but, um, oh, let me think of a title, um, would you like me to come back to you on that? My title is um, uh, actually yeah, come back on me. I'm going to think of one. Well, I'm going to. I really love your story. I'm so excited. I'm going to. Would you like me to tell you the story now? Yes, go. Well, this story is about a lady called Mary Toft, and she was um, around in the 1700s. So, <laughs> in 1726, she was 25 years old. And she claimed that she had given birth to a rabbit, which is, um, I don't know how much you know about this, Sophie, not the usual gist of childbirth. That's not how it goes. Oh, is it not? It's not, it's not. Uh, she was a servant. You know, you'd, you'd think that I would have actually found that out through, you know, a bachelor's and a master's of biology, but they never actually spoke about this before. Yeah, well, a lot of people were quite convinced by it. A lot of, you know, obstetricians and the royal surgeon, uh, the royal household surgeon was quite quite no convinced by it so you could be as well and i think i think it's quite a tale so she gave birth to a rabbit she said um and her neighbor and her mother-in-law helped deliver rabbit number one um and then an obstetrician called john howard was kind of interested and he viewed the rabbit and then delivered quite a few more rabbits himself and he was a bit like hmm something's going on here so he moved her over to Guildford in Surrey which is where he lived and worked and she didn't live in Guildford in Surrey um, and then John Howard wrote a letter to a guy called Nathaniel St. Andre and he was the royal surgeon to the household of King George I so we're going to the highest in the land with this and he basically wrote a letter I'm not going to read the letter verbatim because I don't know the letter but along the lines of hey woman's had a few rabbits what's going on <laughs> can you just imagine you know day-to-day -day life dealing with your royal whatever oh, yeah. you know whatever you do as a royal and then suddenly you get a letter hello one of your royal subjects has given birth to rabbits has popped out a rabbit or two <laughs> just a couple nothing strange nothing weird <laughs> Actually, before I tell you the rest of the story, would you like to hazard a guess as to how many rabbits she birthed in this little oh, yes. story? How many rabbits? Okay. So you said that there was one which got spiked the interest of the doctor. Yeah. And then um, 
guessing that maybe five originally, and then she probably wanted to keep up the gimmick of sorts. I mean, oh, what do you mean gimmick? This sorry, happened. no, sorry, I I must have <laughs> um, <laughs> I must have uh, Freudian slip. Sorry, um, <laughs> she uh, must have wanted to, you know, uh, procreate. Uh-huh. And so um, I'm going to guess. I'm going to go for a whopping um, ten because they have that, like, you know. I don't know if we can swear on here, can we? Um, reproduce like rabbits. Uh-huh. <laughs> The common phrase. I wonder the if that's where phrase. this story came from, or that saying came from this story. I, yeah, I was about to say, actually, this could be the origin. Well, I'm going to look that up while you okay. keep talking. Well, in actual <laughs> answer to my question, the amount of rabbits that she gave birth to before this little scenario was sussed was 18. Oh, God. Eight. Can you imagine having 18 rabbits? Like, that's a lot of rabbits to push out of you. Yeah. That's many. So, of course, the king got a bit interested in this, as you would be if you were, you know, having your porridge in the morning and then this lady's giving birth to a few rabbits at this point and we're a little concerned. I would be too, King George. You did the right thing. So, <laughs> King George, in his kindness, sent this royal surgeon over to Guildford to figure out what happened. And uh, the royal surgeon, Nathaniel St. Andre, actually delivered the 15th rabbit himself. And then no, yeah, he he was on number fifteen, so a lot, a lot had happened. What yeah. have they been smoking? Rabbits. <laughs> <laughs> oh god! And he even took some of the animal parts back to the king for like show and tell. No. Did you ever do show and tell at school? Um, I can't actually remember what I did. Oh no, I did. I brought in a, I brought in um, Anne Frank the book not her the book and diary interesting so you didn't bring in recently born rabbits no no i mean was there an umbilical cord i mean how did this work so sometimes it was full rabbits and sometimes it was just parts of rabbits and i remember reading at one point it wasn't just rabbits at points there was you know bits of cat other animals that would no yeah yeah, and I don't know how true this is, but when my friend was telling me this story last week, he claimed that she even at one point gave birth to an eel. Oh god, that's horrible. I know, imagine that. Oh, that makes me feel sick. I know. We saw eels in South Africa. We did, and um, I can confirm that I never gave birth to one of the eels in South Africa. And also never really want to. Not never really want to. It's not on the top ten list of things I want to give birth to, but... Um, <laughs> It was clearly on Mary's. You have a top ten list of things you want to give birth to. I love that. Oh, what a great story. I love it. A woman's got to be organised. Would you like to know how it was resolved? Yes, please tell me. So some tests were conducted on the rabbits. um, And at first they thought maybe it's something supernatural. But then they found what appeared to be um, hay in the rabbit's stomach. Like it had just eaten hay because it was at one point a living rabbit in the outside world. Possibly. Who would have known? But then another doctor thought that they could see unborn rabbits moving in her stomach. But of course, you know, this was the 1700s where, you know, people's understanding of pregnancy and conception and all of that wasn't quite what it is today. So we'll allow it. We'll allow it. 
King George sent another physician because he was so invested. And at this point, the entire country, or maybe just the entire area of Guildford, Surrey, was quite interested. I don't know how news. I mean, wait, to be fair, to be fair, that is the entire country. Yeah. I mean, let's let's be honest here. If you don't live in Guildford, then where do you live? Where do you live? <laughs> Guildford, clearly. Um, but this other doctor that was sent by the king noticed that as she was walking around, she kept like her thighs and her knees pushed together as if she was stopping something from falling out, which, you know, quite suspicious given the circumstances. Oh, grim. Yeah, kind of grim. So then she was moved to a bathhouse and she was under close supervision. And then, mysteriously, one night, a porter who worked at the bathhouse was caught trying to smuggle something into her room. Guess what he was trying to smuggle into her room, Sophie? Bloody rabbit. It was a rabbit, yes. So she was... um, Impregnating herself. Kind of, yes. She gave several confessions, um, which all had loads of inconsistencies in, and it kind of seems that she was put under pressure to do the hoax in the first place. Um, Oh, God, But this was a massive problem for the medical community because they'd all believed it. And so all these doctors now had a tarnished name to them for not sussing it out sooner. <laughs> um, oh so imagine the humiliation, though. You know, you're surgeon to the king, and you're supposed to be the cleverest in the land, the most well-practiced doctor, and this is something that you wholeheartedly believe for 18 rabbit births. I, don't... I mean, imagine you're the bloody king, and you suddenly think, my goodness, and I've been trusting this man this whole Exactly, time. exactly. So St. Andre... I mean, at least he had some sense, you know? Yeah, but St. Andre, um, who was the original royal surgeon to the, to the king, um, tried to publish some papers, trying to clear his name, saying that she was obsessed with rabbits, and she was traumatised from stuff that had happened previously. Um, and she was sent to prison, actually, for a few months before people realised she hadn't actually committed a crime. What do you charge someone with who had faked giving birth to rabbits? Like, that is... I've sat a law exam. I've sat two law exams in the last week, and I can tell you there's no law against it. (laughs) Technically, not a crime. I mean, animal rights? I don't know. Just throwing that out there. This was the the 1700s. Who cares about the rabbits? Says the vegetarian. (laughs) Ever the advert (laughs) (laughs) But yes. What a story. What a grim ending as well, though. Actually, horrific. It actually did quite a bit of damage to the rabbit trade. Um, (laughs) Oh no! (laughs) Because people were so scared of owning rabbits in case they started giving birth to them that nobody bought any rabbits anymore. So it did quite a bit of damage to the industry. They started giving birth to them. (laughs) It's a legitimate fear, Sophie. I'll have you know. I know. You're totally right. I'm sorry. I'm not laughing at anybody. If you're listening to this and you're afraid of giving birth to rabbits, I'm sorry for you. I'm... But I think the chances are higher that you'd probably get killed by something quite mundane, like <laughs> uh, um, tripping and falling, um, than you getting giving birth to uh, a rabbit. Rabbit. Or oh, eighteen. She lived to be actually in her in her 60s or 70s, I think. So this was only, you know, when she was 25. You know, we're not far off 25, a few years. No. So <laughs> that could be good. Oh, God. How terrible, though. I mean, I if it really was something that was kind of against her will, then that's really horrible. You know, can you imagine someone kind of... I think it I was... Mean, I don't want to really describe it, mm. but... I 
think it was her. I think it was her sister's idea saying, "Oh, you know, you can make a bit of money for this." Because of course, this was the time, you know, when circuses and in quotation mark freak shows were like all the range. You know, people would pay a lot of money to see oh, something out of the normal. Right. She was a servant. The whole family were quite poor, and um, okay. you could argue it's it's no different to when people go to special shows on holiday and watch people, you know, with ping pong balls and scarves. Pull out, pull a rabbit out of a hat. Pull a rabbit out of the hat, as it were. A womb. <laughs> it's it's the it's the next generation version. It you know, absolutely we used is. To pull them out of wombs, and now hats. Hats. So um, I hope you're quite content with my story because very content, very disturbed, very content. It's a good balance. You are welcome. Welcome to the podcast. Um, you know, there'll be more. <laughs> yeah, no, see, now I think that my story, which I, I've actually worked out the title now, but I'm not sure whether you understand the reference, okay. but um, my story ties in quite interestingly to this, just um, purely because, um, and I've told you this in advance, it is based on um, a murder. Love it. So this is actually something that you know you can convict someone for <laughs> um, uh, in this day and age. Uh, mm. So I'm going to give you the title. Oh please. Um, and it's it's called my beautiful laundrette. Oh goodness! And this is. Would you say you had a relation to this story? A connection? Yes, 100%. Oh, goodness. So, I don't know if you got the reference to My Beautiful Laundrette, but My Beautiful Laundrette was a play mm. that was, um, oh, God, written and published quite a while ago, actually. But it was such a groundbreaking play because this play in itself, uh, I mean, I'm going on a whole tangent here, but it actually it featured a lot of homosexuality, which was like really not something that was big back then. Um, and it just featured the word laundrette, which is why I used it as this title. But, okay, so um, do you want me to kind of get into how oh. it's related to this story? Yes, please. Okay, I can imagine that you're a bit confused right now. A little, a little bit. So here. far, I've got there's a murder and a laundrette that you're connected to. Yeah, that's actually um, really good. <laughs> you, really, you really got that. Um, so, I don't know how to... So as you know, mm-hmm. uh, but as the rest of the world doesn't know that's listening to this, um, I recently moved to the Netherlands. Yes. And now I'm half Dutch, so it wasn't that big of a shock for me, like culture-wise. Mm-hmm. Um, but I did move from London, and I decided to move to one of the smallest um, uh, student cities that are, you know, still kind of livable. Can I just say and it's a lovely place? Thank you. I love it so much. <laughs> I'm so glad that you came here. Anyway, so we I live in this place called Leiden. And if you haven't heard of it, um, it is the oldest university in the Netherlands. Um, and, I mean, countless infamous scientists and um, philosophers and uh, whatnot have all kind of studied here and been here at some point in time. So I would look up the history of Leiden. It's pretty interesting. Um, but so Leiden also has a different history and I mean generally it is quite crime free I would say. Mm, I get the um, vibe. Yeah, it's pretty safe. It's a small city. I get from one corner to the other in about 15 minutes by bike. So um, that's pretty fine. 
but there is one story that I happen to come across and it's because I don't have a washing machine or a dryer in my apartment mm -hmm. so before I moved to Leiden I looked up whether there was a laundrette around the corner from my place oh. and now up came two laundrettes uh -huh. I won't mention the names <laughs> but um, one of them had quite a catchy title and that was um, your your laundrette of choice just on the name just on the name yeah it was I mean I wanted to, I was gonna look up both and I wanted to check the prices obviously but um, I just thought I'd go with the catchy title one first. <laughs> um, I mean, it's great marketing. Um, it was. What comes next, though, is not great. Oh, no. <laughs> um, so I look up this laundrette. And, I mean, I should add at this point, it's about a, a two-minute cycle, if that. It's literally around the corner. Yeah. Um, and, I mean, I don't even find the website for the laundrette the only thing i find are copious amounts of um uh news articles that God. talk about a murder that was committed in, the laundrette. in this laundrette oh my gosh Recent, <laughs> yeah. recently um I'm, i don't know i would say um pretty recently oh. so it was committed on the 10th of may in 2003 right that's that's quite recent that's pretty recent i mean it's more recent than your story it, it um, is <laughs> and and it's recent enough for me to still kind of think that that place was sketchy you know what i mean yes that is i didn't i didn't choose that one out of the two. Oh. <laughs> um what sort of murder was it so this was a stabbing actually oh yeah, it's quite a gruesome one, actually, and it, it's a, it's an interesting story. So what happened was, um, from what they can tell, because this person also um, ultimately sort of confessed, I mean, under duress, I uh -huh. would say, and kind of came up with so many different variations of one story that the true kind of uh, backbone, backbone could really only be quite vague because they don't really know. So there are a lot of different theories about this. So basically, um, a Bulgarian man killed and stabbed the owner <gasps> of this laundrette. No. Um, uh, and apparently, the owner would have owed this individual a lot of money, which is why he wants to get rid of him. Oh. Um, and so, apparently, this whole thing happened around a corner of mine you know mm. really super close by and um i think he got stabbed at least 14 times oh gosh this article. it was quite a bloody um event um, and actually to be honest with you i mean i don't mean to sound like a psychopath but it's but a good I place to kill someone. Murder someone it's clean clean it up it's, it's clean and also you can literally just pop your clothes in the washer you know <laughs> i mean yeah done and dusted not that i've ever killed somebody or thought about it in much depth but i see the almost the logic of doing it in the laundrette but also it's stupid to kill someone in their place of work yeah that is quite dumb no just as a disclaimer neither of us are uh murderers no. of any sort no i'm actually quite um anti-confrontation <laughs> and it's an issue i think we're the but, most confrontational um, people ever <laughs> 
<laughs> I think this is just interesting to me um, because it's so close by. And I mean, I could have walked into that place if I hadn't have, you know, looked them up prior uh, to moving him. I'm surprised. Anyway, that... the, story, the story goes on. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, there's more. Um, so this was not it. He didn't just, this Bulgarian man uh, didn't just leave the owner in the laundrette. So he actually <gasps> um, packed him up. Oh gosh! Zipped up the corpse. Oh. And put it in his trunk. Oh my god. Of his own car. Oh my god. I mean, out of all of the, anyway, uh, and drove all the way to the Hague. And I know that the Hague is not that far from Leiden, but I mean, it is still a good forty-five minute drive. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, how far would that be for somebody like me, who has no knowledge of the Netherlands distances? Yeah, it, it's it would be. I mean, oh God, it would be from if as if if you were to drive from you know all the way from South London to North London. Not far. That's kind of it. About forty minutes but, then. Yeah, but I mean, keep in mind this happened kind of um, apparently around seven o'clock in the evening. So okay. I mean, it is still it is still. I mean, what was it again? May. So it's still bright. Yeah. It, it, it's bloody daylight did anyone see um, him um so nobody came forward as a witness uh, at first um so wait hang on a second he drove all the way to the hague mm-hmm. um and um and then um went right next to this place that's called holland spore station which is basically um dutch uh, how do I translate this? Give me a second. It's um, Dutch platform station. Right. Literally translated. Um, but it is a station in The Hague. And um, the corpse was actually found by accident. Oh. Five days later. Oh. By parking attendants. So he left his car with the body in, in the train, did. In the train station car park. Yeah. And these parking attendants, I mean, I'm thinking, walked by and thought this car's been here for a while mm. you know had a look what was going on and there was a body and, and there was a body where did he go did he get on a train um i don't know where he went after that but they did actually find him and they did arrest him and um they um they put him in 16 years in prison only that yeah, no, right? Oh. But it took them two years to finalise this case. Oh. Um, and then, hang on, when was this article published? Let me just quickly check. Because, okay, so in 2006, mm. um, uh, let me see, when was this? So in October 2006, um, someone came forward that was in the same prison cell as this Bulgarian man mm. and heard that he had in fact um, killed the laundrette owner um, as like a bounty so someone had put out a price on his head right? and this man decided to kill it for the bounty oh. and so now they're looking for and they actually still haven't I mean this is 2006 and they're looking for the person that wanted this laundrette owner dead. Was was the laundrette owner? Did he have any like 
criminal connections? Was he? Was he? Absolutely none. So this is where it gets strange. He had absolutely. I mean, apparently, mm-hmm. from what I can find, he had absolutely no kind of mob ties, as it were. But like, genuinely, they couldn't find anything. Um, why? They don't know. And so, what they said, what this Bulgarian man said, was that all he was told was um, that he owed money. Right. And but I mean, if someone tells you this man owes money, don't, don't kill him. Don't kill him. My yeah. first reaction isn't like, yeah, that's all right. Let me kill him, stuff him in my you know car, drive to the Hague, and just forget about it. That's not how you get your money when they're dead. Yeah. No, that's also strange, isn't it? Yeah. It's all a bit confusing. But the fact that this happened, you know... It was so close to you. That's such a mystery as well. Yeah. They've called the person that apparently um, asked for this um, man to be murdered a Jewish businessman. Right. But, I mean... (laughs) Hasn't really narrowed it down. (laughs) Very vague. Uh, And also, the Court of Appeal has actually ignored that witness statement. Oh. So they've decided to not take it as accurate. But, I mean, there have been so many different people that have come forward because it it is Leiden, and I'm going to be honest with you, Leiden is pretty... um, Well, Smallsville, in a good way. Yeah. I love it. But, you know, a a really tight-knit community. I guess... So if something's happening like this... Mm. Yeah. I guess everyone would know everything that goes on. Like, if you live somewhere like Leiden, it's the same as my hometown up in uh, Yorkshire. Everyone knows pretty much everything about everyone because, you know, you, you live there, your family lives there. That's just, you know, it's, it's yeah. everyone you've ever known in one place. Liv, I think this is actually going to stop in eight seconds. Shall we see what happens? Okay. <laughs> well, if it does go, I've had a lovely time chatting to you. And uh, same time Bye. for the week. <laughs> Oh. No, it's fine. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'll find a way to cut that out. Um, None of us have any yeah. idea. Yeah. So that was that. I mean, that's my story for you. That is so interesting. That is so weird. And I'm so glad you didn't tell me about that story when I was visiting you. Because I do remember we walked past a laundrette and you were like, that's where I go. Yeah. I do. And I think you were a bit confused about why I was so enthusiastic about that one. Yeah, weirdly enthusiastic about the laundrette. Now I get it. Yeah. Now I get no. it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if I just didn't expect it. Genuinely, like, the website of the actual laundrette, you know, isn't even visible on Google. Mm-hmm. There are just so many articles about it. How is it still open? How is it not being closed? I don't know. No, past and the family, maybe. I've got a good but, I mean, model. I've got so many questions. Like, what did he owe money for, and how much money? Mm-hmm. And I mean, clearly this was premeditated. Yes. So, I mean, how did he only get? What did I say? Sixteen years. Sixteen years. Which means, what yeah. if he was sentenced in what two thousand and five? If you said the case went on for a few years, he mm-hmm. should be out next year, twenty twenty one. Great. <laughs> You're welcome. What if he comes back and I'm actually living here? Well, go to a different laundrette, Sophie. If you're hearing this, person... Murderer. Um, please avoid my street. I'm not going to say the street, but just avoid the street. <laughs> You'll know. You'll know. <laughs> you know if this is you. <laughs> You'll know. 
Yeah, so that's my story. A bit somber, like yours, but also kind of strange. Yeah, that is a little strange. I do briefly have one story of a murder that happened in my town about the same time ago that is unsolved and quite interesting. I don't know a lot Ooh. about it. I don't know a lot about it, but it was um the the person who died was my like my grandma's cousin's daughter, something like that. Um <laughs> Of course. <laughs> you know, you know it's gonna be good when my grandma's involved. Oh no! So, so, do you want to do you want to keep it for this one, or do you want to keep it for the next one? No, I'll, I'll, this one I've actually got a relation to instead of the woman who gave birth to rabbits, and it's a murder one as well. Oh right. Okay, and I don't on. know enough about it to give you the full story. Um, okay, I'm going to okay, change okay. names for privacy reasons. So All right. the the lady who died, let's call her Claire. All right. So Claire was. Um, had had a bit of an addiction problem um into into drugs and the likes um she also had um a daughter who was about 14 15 at the time um and claire was um so in my town there's like a sort of a river running through it um yeah but it kind of also goes off into like the industrial estate part of town and we used to have like some boats canal type things um you can relate to that being dutch sophie <laughs> I can. But so Claire, one day, and Claire and her boyfriend were once found, or well, only one time because this only happens once, but found dead in a car at the bottom of the river. And it, oh god! I know it happened about fifteen, twenty years ago. So nobody still knows who does who did it. They it, they found out that they were dead before the car went into the. Or she was dead before the car went into the river, and he wasn't. But they don't know. Oh, no. They don't know anything more about it, and that's still unsolved. So, if how did they find the car? I think some passers-by noticed a car in the water because it's not a big river. It's, oh, it, it's shallow. It's it's qu- quite shallow. It's it's mainly just a, like a, a canal that kind of runs around the edge of the town, and you know, it's not really. It's not that big at all. Um, it doesn't have like a current or anything running through it, but yeah, I think some passersby noticed that there was a car in it, and they found the two the two bodies in it. But nobody knows who did it. Nobody knows why she was dead beforehand and he wasn't. Like we don't oh know. My if, goodness! If, if, Wait, how old were you at this point? Oh, this probably wasn't in a time that I'd remember. It would have been okay. I probably would have been. It would have been in like the late nineties, early two thousands. So right, like three or something. Yeah, not something I have a recollection of. Um, oh my goodness. Yeah, so that's been... But I don't know if anyone really remembers it. I only know of this story because of my grandma and obviously her relation to it. Um, mm. But it's just a bit of a mystery, isn't it? Crazy. And they've just decided to call it a cold case now. They're not going to reopen it or anything. As far as I'm aware, no. I don't, like I said, I don't know masses about it. And all I really know is the chatter from my grandmother. Um, Fair enough, but it, yeah, it happened. It it happened probably about the early two thousands, and yeah, that's it. So if um, Buzzfeed unsolved, if you want to help us out, <laughs> do a bit of digging. <laughs> we we'll contact us. Um, yeah, yeah, you know, sponsor me. I'll do the digging. <laughs> oh my goodness, super interesting. Yeah. I think this episode, although a little haphazard, is a really great start. <laughs> I think we have good intentions here, and I hope that we do continue with our good intentions. Like, we could have different 
you know how we've had a theme of stories with relation maybe we should have like less morbid stories with relation been, oh sure yeah okay there's been death there's been more death there's been birthing rabbits <laughs> that, I think we should title the episode of this podcast death more death and the birth of rabbits I think that's great or death <laughs> more death and giving birth to rabbits episode one can't wait for episode two guys <laughs> come back in two weeks time if you feel like you want to learn more yeah. about some random stories um that might pique your uh, spike your interest. Oh, yeah. And um, I don't know, what do, do you want to do another one of uh, relation to us? If I can find stories of relation to me, because aside from this one story of Claire, my hometown is, is pretty bland. Um, I might do a bit of digging. I'll see what I can do. I'll see what we yeah. can find. Okay, so let's find some not-so-morbid stories. Yes. Um that are of relation to us yes let's, ha- let's have a go at that that'll be quite the challenge i think it will be actually because i feel like morbid stories although they are you know morbid they do make for a good they're a interesting good yeah goodness hard one difficult one i'm also thinking that we could potentially and i'm just brainstorming now that maybe we should actually not do this <laughs> while we're recording but um, we could do kind of um, disciplines, you know, themes. Yes. So, um, I don't know, we could t- touch on psychology or at work I'm doing quite a bit with uh, microbiology and the relation between microbiology and our brains. Oh, interesting. Cool. Yeah, yeah, let's do that. Let's, let's absolutely do that. And so we'll be back in two weeks' time with uh, more ramblings and hopefully some content. Okay, see you then. See you then. Bye.